listen, I want to go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. I'm on a new series today. I'm going from preaching about Jesus to preaching about who you are in Jesus. This is a turning point, and we did have some outstanding guest speakers. We had uh, Paul Chase, a pastor from Manila, the Philippines, started over 200 churches in Southeast Asia, and he's been here many, many times. And Pastor Rick Hufton, member of our board, he, is, he was born, uh, uh, his family, they're from a missionary family, and coincidentally, uh, they're getting prepared to move to Scotland, to Edinburgh, Scotland. And then also we had uh, Marie Helene Mulan last week, outstanding teaching on walking in love. And uh, she and Elizabeth, they live in Nice, France. And then next month, we're going to have uh, other board member, Tony Caminetti and his wife, Patsy Caminetti from Australia, Brisbane, Australia. So it's pretty international around here. And here we are embedded in the heartland. And we, uh, we're here in Chesterfield Valley. And, 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 uh, and yet we're a city on a hill. And we have a responsibility to our locality, to our, our bi-state area, our region, our country, and the nations. And I thought it was interesting that when our family had a much needed time for break and rest and refreshing, which by the way, thank you for praying for us. Thank you for supporting us on our vacation, just praying and, and coming to church and listening to the guest speakers. All 15 of us crammed into a house and it had a little pool and they, we had to pay some money extra per week because it was cold there. While it was zero here, it, was about it got to about 40 or 25 or so. It was a heat wave down there, and it was in the panhandle of Florida. Uh, I think the, the home people forgot to turn the th thermostat off, and when we get in the tub, it was like a hot tub, so all 15 of us bobbing around and the little kids. So we had a lot of steam was coming off of it. We had a lot of fun, and it brought togetherness. It was, it, we, you know, sowing toward our relationships and connecting. And it's very much like church. You know, you, you, you just got to do it uh, together, and and. And I love the, the fact that we're on live stream because I've been getting uh, contacts from people out of state, out of the country, and I'm just really glad. And some people that have needed to stay home for various reasons, I, I'm glad we have an online uh, platform and we're reaching you there. And I pray that something great happens in your life today. But I want to talk to you about Jesus and all of his provision. He came to seek and save that which is lost. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting our trespasses against us. Aren't you glad for that? That it was mercy that triumphs over judgment. Who is mercy-based? Okay, that was, I, I heard a minister say, I'm a mercy guy because I need mercy. If you sow mercy, you'll reap mercy. Judge not lest you be judged, you know. But you, so let, let's, let's go through life without a critical spirit. Let's go through life with redemption and with uh, reconciliation as our, as our central uh, uh, drive, right? We're called to be ministers of reconciliation and that God has called us as ambassadors for Christ. So as your pastor, I wanted to spend a lot of time talking about Jesus. Through Christmas, for example, unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. I, I take issue with people in this pluralistic world who would just kind of discount Jesus and say, well, he was one of many and he was an enlightened one or, you know, the ancient aliens spoke to him and he learned some things from them or that kind of thing. Uh, I, listen, I, I don't want any confusion about Jesus. He is the unique person of the universe. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He was, he was born of a virgin. 
He lived a sinless life, never sinned, yet he became a sin substitute for us. He came the purpose to destroy the works of the evil one, to seek and save that which is lost, to take what Adam and Eve had forfeited and what Satan had usurped of authority, and, 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 and he came to, to rectify the situation. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. There's salvation in no other. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This may not be popular in today's world. It probably wasn't popular in the Roman Empire, which was so pluralistic. I mean, they're looking at Zeus and Aphrodite and, and many gods, much duplicity and multiplicity, pantheism. Uh, but in today's world, we need a Savior. <clears throat> and I want to read this verse, and I want to tell you that I had it in my heart as I was preparing on my time on my refreshing during uh, one of the days with all 15 of us in the house and all the grand, five grandkids and all of the family, our new son-in-law and beautiful connection with each other, having a lot of meals. The Lord spoke to my heart and ministered to me uh, about uh, addressing needs, needs. And, uh, and, and I looked at, and immediately it was easy for me that this was the key verse. This is the golden text for the series we're going to have on Sundays. And my goal is that God is going to reveal to you how he withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. That we earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to our children. Steve Kowalik is a good dad. I got to watch all of the kids and their interaction with their children and their, their love for their children and feeding them and tending to them, protecting them, putting a coat on them in the cold weather and so forth. Yesterday we, got, we have a family text and uh, my, my eldest grandson, only grandson at this point, Trent, uh, four and a half, he was running through a field with a, uh, a kite that was in the shape of an American bald eagle. So I text back and said, look, Trent is being chased by an American bald eagle. But, but what really spoke to me was his dad bought him that. that and, or, he bought him one in Florida. I did, did you buy him that one? Okay, so you bought, is that the same one? Or is it, so, so this dad is double amazing. Because he bought his son not one but two, two kites. And, and the Bible says something about earthly parents. He says, I just watched dads coming in. I just watched a dad with the, the, the pumpkin seat. He had a backpack, diaper bag. Real men could carry a diaper bag. Real men can change poop diapers. And, uh, and I said, the only thing missing on this guy is if he would go to the grocery store, buy two carts of groceries, get them all bagged in plastic, and then carry them all on one arm with the backpack and the baby, right? Well, we earthly parents know how to give what's good to our children. You earthly fathers know, and he said, and you're evil. And that means, that's not to disparage humanity, it's just it is what it is. We're fallen. He's not. And he says, yet you, you know how to give what's good to your children. I know unsaved people that have uh, vestiges and, and elements of, of the imprint of the fact that they're made in God's image, even though they're fallen. And they have characteristics that, that reflect that they're made in God's image. I've got neighbors that are kind. My neighbor came over and gave us an offering to the church. He said, I, I, I don't give much, but I wanted to give to you guys because he's been watching us for 20 years. And he, and he tells me he's an atheist, but I love him so much. And he said, and he's given, yet he's given to the church because he knows we'll do something good with it. 
So, you know, by your good works, you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. And let me tell you something. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. This is for you today. This is, this is a love gift to you from the word of God. And I want you to read it out loud together so you articulate it with me. So I want you to get ready to read this. Are you ready? Let's read. And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Say it again. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, he gives life and breath to all. He doesn't withhold. He's a father that would give you not one but two kites. He said, if he, he said, how much he said, you're earthly parents, and you know how to give what's good to your children. How many buckets of macaroni and cheese have you made to keep society alive? How many pizzas have you ordered to keep your kids on their feet? God cares about you infinitely, deeply, magnificently. This is one thing I tell you, theologically, I have down to my core. We learned it when we started. God was going to be our God. God was going to sustain us. And if, this, if these things we were hearing from preaching and from the reading of the scriptures, if it's true, God, we're going we're gonna to need to see it. And we're going to have to, <laughs> we're going to trust you for it. Yeah. You know, he says, test me now in this. You bring your whole tithe into the storehouse. Uh, and, and I'll see that I'll pour out, open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you cannot contain. And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I needed water, and yea, verily, water was manifested. <laughs> I needed a believing wife, and yea, verily, I met her at the well. We're going to have our 46th anniversary coming up this, this spring. She deserves the applause. In 1623 to 1662, a French prodigy uh, lived, he, he, among many things, he was a philosopher, uh, he's known as being a, a great physicist. His name was Blaise Pascal. Blaise Pascal made a statement that is etched in my understanding. This fosters something to me that uh, tells me that the only way my needs in life are going to be met is through the Lord Jesus. Here's how Blaise Pascal said this in the 1600s. He said... There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator made known through Jesus Christ. I'll repeat it so it soaks in. There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every man, every person, every man, woman, and child, which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God, the creator made known through Jesus Christ. And my God shall supply all of my need. There's a phrase called felt need. And the marketers 
stimulate and make us feel like we need their vitamins or we need their beer or we need their t-shirts or we need their car or whatever they're trying to sell. They'll show a beer commercial and they'll show you that how you, you'll have abs. I've never seen that with beer. <laughs> you'll be ruggedly handsome. You'll, you'll be in slow motion and, and, and you'll, your, your hair will be blowing in the wind and there won't even have been wind. You'll have a permanent fan in front of you and a permanent tan on you and abs? I don't think so. You'll have an ab, it'll look like a keg. <laughs> and as far as the lifestyle thing, it's like, no, I've been to too many, visiting too many rehabs and walked too many people through too much alcoholism. Don't, don't lie to me, man, you know? Uh, but I'm telling you, call every man a liar, but God is true. He meets our needs. And I agree with what Blaise Pascal said. In fact, we had a gospel pamphlet called a tract that we passed out. And it said, what fills the gap? It was from the 1970s, I think. And it was a cartoon drawing of a, of a kind of a quirky looking little guy. And he had a hole in his midsection and a butterfly was flying through it. So it, it illustrated uh, uh, that there was something missing. And the tract basically said, um, what fills the gap? And it, and it asks, uh, do possessions and material things fill the gap? And it had a page that showed fancy cars and dollar signs and bags of money. And, 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 and the answer to that was that doesn't satisfy. And then pleasure and sensuality, and it had some implications about that. Uh, the whole s drug, sex, and rock and roll kind of thing. Then the next one, it had power and title and position and showed uh, drawings to describe, well, this will make you happy, you know. Um, and, then, and then it had philosophy and religion. And that was, was just kind of fascinating because I thought Jesus was religious and philosophical. Well, no, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and he's the only one that can fill that gap. So significant was this idea to me that in our TV spots that we generated in our, our broadcast footprint for years, we actually created a, um, a, a computer graphic, a visual uh, animated of a, of a jigsaw puzzle. Now, I tried to do, we tried to do family things, and we, I tried to do a jigsaw puzzle on our vacation, and I got about a third of the way done. I didn't get a lot of help. Steve did the outside, he did all the straight lines, which I was kind of mad because that's the pay, immediate endorphin payoff, which he immediately took. But then nobody else really helped. Megan helped a little bit. Thank you, Megan, I love you. But it was all the additionals, none of the originals really. See, in our family, they call, they take pictures of each other. They take pictures. It's like, let's get all the originals together. Okay, now let's get all the additionals. Now, well, the originals and the additional. It's funny, man. But we're all flowing, and we all, I mean, I'm so thankful for the Gelbers raising yeah. Megan and for, for the Kowalics raising Steve and for, for uh, uh, Joni raising Brian and, and, uh, and, and for the Ortnows raising Maddie. And you know, she's just leading us in praise and worship. And, uh, I, and I love the church. I love this church. I missed you while I was gone. I was looking forward to being back. I feel so at home with you guys. And I just, I'm convinced that what I'm preaching you is solid theology. 
And my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, you could get a little rigid on me, and I don't mind if you do. Because there was a group in the scriptures, they were more noble-minded than the Thessalonians, and their names were the Bereans. And they searched the scripture to see if these things were so. So I want to invite you, as I'm preaching these truths about Jesus and about who you are in Christ, you go ahead and do your own study. I encourage you to do it. Test what I'm saying. Even the scripture here, some of you can say, okay, what's the chapter and verse? What's the context? The context in Philippians was that Paul was commending the, the church for being generous and he was saying, my God, you know, you've supplied and helped me with my needs and my mission to help me get the gospel out into the Mediterranean world. Thank you. He says, I know my God will supply all of your needs. So there's this reciprocity. He was literally talking about the value of tithing and giving offerings and contribution and how it works and how that's God's design and that God's going to meet your needs. So it, it was in a context of uh, people that were giving. That was the... The, the caveat that the, there was a necessity to have a precedence for giving. But just, I'll tell you what, where did all the blessings come from in the first place when we weren't doing anything? God just in his mercy was kind to ungrateful men and women. God in his mercy is shining on places like Chicago and Philadelphia. I just text a pastor. We sent out a pastor who's got a great church there. And, and, and I'm, I said, I'm so glad you're pastoring in the city of brotherly love. And God is doing such great, Kosovo, 97 or something percent Muslim, and the Lord is doing breathtaking, mighty things through that, that people group. The years we sowed and the years we literally went and worked and believed God, the, the, the dental clinic and the, and the building of the buildings that were burned down and the, the, the addressing of the brokenness of the lives. Uh, a couple, Emily and Fatouche, are now back visiting their families. They're going to be there for six months. All their kids are walking with God. They, they've gotten their lives. I'm, I watched him as a depressed uh, chain smoker to a guy that quit smoking, got born again, got radically saved, didn't even understand who Jesus was. I believe this gospel of the kingdom is going out into the nations and God's given us technologies and strategies and you have a part to play in it. And God is supplying the wisdom. He's supplying the motivation. He's supplying the encouragement. He's going to stir up the gifts in you. It's going to shine light on the talents that are embedded in you. It's the proper working of each individual part that causes the growth of the body and the building up of itself in love. Man, it's getting packed in here, and it's going to grow. Living things grow. We've come through a stupid global pandemic. We've come through social distancing and we've come through, now we're in an election year of such hostility and venom, and yet we are the kingdom of God. We, though we're civically minded, we transcend certain things. We stay on the priority of heaven. We stay focused on Jesus. We stay focused on who he is and what he can do and who we are in him. And when we stir ourselves up by way of reminder and we get stirred about, I am a new creation in Christ, the old things have passed away and all things have become new. Well, I sin, but when I confess my sin, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus, who forgives me and cleanses me. If I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Who, may I ask, is mega grateful for that provision? Get your arms straight up. No, no crooking at all. Every one of you. David said, I was young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed beg for bread. 
You go through preteen, you, your brain develops 80% by the time you're three. And then you go into toddler years and then to preteen and go into teen years. I had such a hard time with my teen years and I had no one to talk to. I became a Christian when I was 16 and I, got, I was wonderfully saved. But then I even fell away from church when I moved from California. And this is why I'm such a proponent of consistency in church. And we are believing God for strategy for 2024. But I know as I'm in my preaching responsibilities and as I'm in my feeding responsibilities and leading responsibilities for you guys, I know the best thing I could do is point to Jesus, make Jesus central, make Jesus the focus of our lives. He's the only one that fills the gap. Everything else just kind of just shakes. I've been around a lot of important and interesting people and in the power modes and in the, the, the fame modes and all those variables, and, and it doesn't quite satisfy. I've talked to people that were really high in roles, and they still were missing something, and they knew it, and it's Jesus. I was at the airport. A guy walked up to me and says, I bet you get this a lot, but you remind me of Chuck Norris. I said... <laughs> I said, yeah, 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 except he's like 15 years older than me, but thank you. But yeah, I too roundhouse kicked my way through the womb, out of the womb. Yeah, like him, I, I, I was born in a log cabin that I built with my own hands. Like him, when I, when I do push-ups, the earth moves away from me. Like him, when I got COVID-19, COVID-19 had to go on quarantine for two weeks. So yeah. In that sense, yes. I think it's because of the beard, you know. But we had this, he just kept talking with me. And we're in an airline where you kind of line up like cattle and you kind of find your seat. He ended up behind us. So we just had this kind of ongoing communication. He and his son had gone to Costa Rica for hiking. And, you know, he, he, he just he started telling me about his life. And, and then we got to the, 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 the moment in the airport. And my daughter, Chelsea, noticed that he had... Uh, Philippians 4.13, uh, just a few verses before 19, and, it, and, and it's, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Christianity had come into that guy's son's life, but you, you don't make assumptions. So I, I just kind of listened to them, and he told me he's seven years sober. He told me he just quit smoking 30 days ago, and he says he's feeling better. I thought, wow, you know, and I'm just trying to be led by the Holy Spirit with him, you know, and... Uh, so then we got to the carousel. Some of our kids uh, checked bags. I'm not about that, but anyway, we had to wait for them. And then uh, they have babies. I'll give them a pass. They have babies. That's, you're so merciful. Okay. I could still be mad about it, but anyway. Um, so then we got outside, and, and uh, David Carter was picking us up in the van, and we got out in the parking lot, and, uh, and my guy passed me again. And so this time I said, hey, so good to meet you. Good to meet you too. Hey, remember Jesus loves you. He goes, you know what? My sister also has issues with addiction. And it's amazing you just said that because she and I talked about it before I went on this trip with my son to Costa Rica. And we decided, this was, this was uh, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Thursday. And he said, we're looking for a church together this Sunday, we, she, he said, we looked at each other and we said, we're doing good. We're conquering addiction, but there's something missing. <laughs> said, my sister and I, it was like, this is amazing you said this. 
because we just acknowledge there's something missing in our lives. So I stood there. I got, I'm getting chills now because I realized God set me up. And, uh, and he said, uh, we're going to go. We don't even know where to go. And you know what? I didn't tell him about our church, even though there's a family. The Crossleys live in the same town they live in. I didn't feel led to do that. It wasn't about, hey, let me tell you about our church. It was like, God, I prayed for him. You, God, lead them to the right church. I didn't even push my YouTube uh, devotionals. I didn't even know to do that. I didn't think to do that because it was just seed. Right? We mustn't be too heavy-handed. We, we, we just need to be led. Everybody say, be led. But God set that up. And you know, the way it started is I was saving seeds for my family to sit because all the seeds were being crammed in the long wait for the plane that was uh, delayed. And they went and plopped down right on the end of the row, and I kind of went. That's how it started. Wasn't ideal. And then he says, you know, you look like you're 20 years older than you actually are, Chuck Norris. It's like, thank you for taking our seats and that veiled insult, you know. And then, uh, but no, 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 there was a pony in there somewhere. Jesus had to be lifted up. So when my daughter saw that on the guy's arm, that was sort of a little bit of a stimulus. Because when I talked to him, I said, hey, you remember Jesus? I know that. The young guy did. He went, I know that. So it really wasn't for him. So then when his dad came by and de delays separate from his son, when I said it to him, funny you should say that. Guys, we need to lay up Christ as Lord in our hearts. Jesus as the priority. Jesus started the, I start with not one, not two, but three devotionals. I read the Dick Mills devotional called The Word. I, had, I was just given the Charles Stanley devotional. And now I have uh, Sarah Young's uh, Jesus Calling. She just passed about six months ago. She used to live in St. Louis when she went to Covenant Theological Seminary. And I read all three of those. And I love the word. And I start my day. Because I find if, if I don't start my day devotional, it's kind of chaotic. And so i got to set the sails in the direction of Jesus. And, I, and we all do. I'll, and I'll read a psalm, or I'll read a bunch of chapters, or, you know, I'll play my, my Alexander Scorby, and I'll listen to all of Ephesians or something. And I just, whatever works for you guys, keep your devotional life on the front burner this year. Love Jesus. Kids in school, just listen to the word. Download Alexander Scorby and listen to the elegant way in his mid-Atlantic accent he reads the scriptures. You can't tell if he's from America or England. He did, he did a lot of the National Geographic specials back in the 60s and 70s. Beautiful voice. And it's King James. It just has a rhythm. It's beautiful. Uh, but whatever you need, get in the Word. Stay in the Word. And get your eyes on Him. If we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, stuff will turn out for our kids. If we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, healing will come. Because He's the Lord that heals us. If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, we'll stay on track and we won't drift and fail and fall apart because he's the author, he's the finisher of our faith. He, God is at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. I've been preaching about Jesus. I've been teaching about who he is, what he's done, what he's doing. But now you need to understand 
who you are in Christ. There are about 130 verses that describe and define in the New Testament in him, in whom, in Christ. And that would be a beautiful study if you want to get a study on, uh, on your, that develops understanding about your personal identity in him. There's so much confusion in today's world about four things. Origin, where did we come from? There's a lot of discussion on the History Channel about how we're DNA from another planet and these big-eyed ancient aliens brought it to us and they're the architects of our lives. Nah, we don't need God. We've got aliens. There's a whole train of thought from about 200 years ago that we're, it's all uh, uh, natural selection and survival of the fittest. It came from the primordial stew. And again, stardust from some sort of comet tail that dropped some stuff through an asteroid that blasted into this planet and then some sort of compounds that somehow life came out of it. That takes more faith to believe that than it does that there's a creator. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth is emphatic. And it also says, now let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now that deals with the four issues. Origin. Identity. Listen to me. Purpose. And destiny. Origin. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. There's a God who created me. One of the most renowned atheists who's now passed came out and recognized, I changed my view. There is a God. I had a guy right out on our patio. He stopped me, and I'm, you know, I try to greet everybody. I'm, I'm personable. I love you. I really do. I get, I get jazzed seeing you. I love people. I love you. So I go out on the patio, and I see him, and he says, I was an atheist, and now I'm a believer. And I went, hey, cool. He went, no, no, you don't understand. I was an atheist, and now I'm a believer. I went, it must have been a bigger deal than my glib response. I, and I wasn't trying to be glib. It was like, because I wasn't in, he was saying, no, you don't understand. Out of the depths of emptiness, of darkness, of nothingness. I watched a video of a man who had been a Christian, and he backslid, contracted stage four cancer, and it was terminal, and he was facing death. And he was honest to say that his atheism completely eliminated hope. He says, I have no hope. I thought, well, just repent and come back to Jesus. Right? Identity. There's discussion about identity politics. There's discussion. The devil is working overtime to distort people's personal identity. Jesus came and identified with us in our sin so that he could create a new birth and make us brand new on the inside. The Christian movement, when it's embraced as it is biblically presented, is radical because you become a new creation. The old things pass away, new things become. It's not mystical, it's not spooky, it's not goofy, it's not flaky, it's not hyper-religion, it's not rooted in strictly emotion. It is fact that if anyone is in Christ... They become different than they were before. God created us in his image. We failed. Then Jesus came to bring a new creation. And that's one of my favorite ideas in this provision of meeting our needs. We need salvation. And Jesus meets our needs. He met our need for that. He came to save sinners. Who in here is glad for that? 
The prerequisite for being saved is having been a sinner. And I was a world-class, mess-up sinner. And Jesus took me anyway. And I am still and forever so grateful. I don't have a righteousness of my own based on performance, based on works. I love Jesus because he first loved me. And I'm, I'm a Christian, not because I'm reacting to the non-Christianness of my family. I'm a Christian, not because I drunk the Kool-Aid and I got all emotional one day, because that would have lasted about 10 minutes. I'm 50-some years into this, and I'm telling you, God has been good to me. God has been good to me. Has God been good to you? Say this with me. The Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever. You're going to be glad you came to church this today, and you're going to be glad to come to Sundays, because I intend to download in you uh, the realization that every need a man or a woman or a child will face in not only their earthly existence, but for eternity, has been and will be and can only be met through the King of Kings and the Lord, of Jesus, Lord Jesus himself. He's rich in mercy. He's a present help in the time of need. This may not reconcile with your life. You know, I, I, my prayer life hasn't been that great. I, I don't even know how I got here today. I've been kind of out of it. Uh, God is drawing us to something bigger than we can even imagine. God is including us in his purposes. God is looking for people who just yield to him. So he could take you and foster change in your life and strengthen you, help you out of bad habits and into good ones, help you to sow to the spirit and grow in the word, help you to become supernaturally effective in your particular gifting. God has put gifts on the inside of each one of us. This is one of the things in Genesis with, with origin with identity, with purpose, and with destiny. He said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Speaking of reproduction, we're at 8 billion now. I spoke to a woman from India, and I didn't realize it, but the population of India is actually higher than China right now because China did that whole downplay of children. But God wants a proliferation of births, and he wants a proliferation of the new birth. And anti-God people don't want births, and they don't want new births. But God, call every man a liar, but God is true. And not only is he true, he is a God of abundance. He withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. When you ask him for a loaf of bread, he doesn't give you a stone. You ask him for the Holy Spirit, he'll give, it. He'll give the Holy Spirit to you. We prayed for a young man in the church, a businessman. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. And though he hasn't spoken in tongues yet, he said, I noticed in my job I could tell when people are lying. And he made a, he made a forfeiture of a, a business deal based on principle. And he passed on several hundred dollars worth of a commission because of principle based on his beliefs and his love for God, led by the Holy Spirit. He's seeing something of an energizing of a he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth, in the parking lot at the airport. What should I say to this guy who thinks I look like Chuck Norris? 
How do I share the gospel with them without being heavy-handed? How shall I be reserved without being too drawn back? <clears throat> teach me, Lord. Everybody say, teach me, Lord. Well, God's hand is on you. God's eyes are on you. He loves you. And he meets your needs. He helped our marriage when we struggled. And I could tell you on practical terms how God helped us to enjoy each other and to work through our problems. And, uh, I, I, and I'm telling you, I attribute it all to his help. I give him all the praise. You know, when so many ministers quit through the pandemic, I felt the strength of the Holy Spirit helping me to not give up and press on in ways I can't even describe to you. Beyond me. Oh, you were so motivated. Well, he was my motivation. Oh, well, you ne you're not a quitter. Well, in my flesh, I probably would be, but he's strengthening me. He'll renew your youth like the eagle. And the other day we were coming to work and I saw a American bald eagle fly right over my road going uh, west. I thought, there's a bald eagle. Got to church, worked all day, came home. My neighbor said, there's a bald eagle parked right in your front yard. <clears throat> so I looked over there and right in my front yard was that, I'm sure it was the same eagle. I said, you guys worked late. I've been waiting for you. It's almost sundown. And there's a little pond by our house and he's looking for, I think, a crappie to belly up so he could get some dinner. And I thought, he renews your youth like the eagle. He makes all things new, right? Why not? Why not? Do we have to calcify? Do we have to become, you know, grumpy? Do we have to start re, re, uh, uh, pull, pulling back? God's soul has no pleasure with those who shrink back. But we are not of those who shrink back. Here's J.J. Ellis. He's, what are you, 18 years old? Thursday, happy birthday. Stand up, J.J. Young man, he was a king of, uh, what, you prom king? Homecoming king? Stand up, LaDonna, that's his mama right there. Stretch your hands toward J.J. Say happy birthday, J.J. May 18 be your best year. So far, in Jesus' name. Amen. God's doing something in this church. God's doing something amongst our hearts. Hasn't he been good to you? All the tempter will try to trip you up. But thank God, Psalm 512 says, The Lord God is a sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No, no. That's a different verse. That's 8411. He surrounds you with favor as a shield. The Lord will bless the righteous man. And then 1 Corinthians 10, 13, with every temptation, he provides a way of escape. Come on, I pray strength over, from, with you over the tempter. Tempting you to get depressed, tempting you to be apathetic, tempting you to get mad, tempting you to get in strife. If there are any marriages that have been a little bit stale or struggling lately, I pray some sweet, sweet, hot romance fire gets on you. Oh, yeah. See, some of these, oh, please don't pray that. Please don't pray that. <laughs> Oh, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. Hallelujah. Oh, Pastor Jeff, pray for me. He's chasing me around the kitchen table. I'm known by my wife as Peppy Le Pew. She's the cat. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. It's true. 
The gospel track we passed out, what fills the gap? Possessions don't, pleasure doesn't, power doesn't, philosophy, religion, they don't. But a personal relationship with God through Jesus does. In 1 John 2.17, the Bible says the world is passing away and all of its lusts. But the one who does the will of God continues to live forever. Forever is a long time. And what French physicist Blaise Pascal said in his prodigious way, in his young, brief life, it, 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 it doesn't haunt me, it confirms that God is the one that fills the gap. Ecclesiastes 3.11, God has set eternity in their hearts. So when I'm at the airport, I'm aware of that with a guy striking up a conversation who took my seats I was saving for my kids. He kept telling me I looked like a, an old guy, you know. <laughs> I'm going to wade past this. There's a, there's a witnessing opportunity in here somewhere, right? But it would do us all good to meditate on the word. And I'll close with this out of James chapter 1. James chapter 1, it says, Be not deceived, my beloved brethren. I'll look the verse up for you so you find it if you're reading your Bible. We'll look at it on the screen. Uh, <clears throat> it's uh, verse 22. Be not deceived, my beloved brethren. Um, oh, go up farther. I think it's like 17 or so. I got the wrong verse. Be not deceived, my beloved brethren. You know, God doesn't want us in any deception. And it's about this. Every good thing bestowed, make no mistake about it, God is good. That's what it's saying here. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Catch this. Dr. Linda Proctor's parents uh, we're from a, an amazing heritage. She's from an amazing heritage of godliness over the decades and over the generations. Her parents lived into ripe age. They, they walked the halls of First Baptist of Chesterfield praying, and that's part of why that's such a flourishing and awesome church, you know, that came since the days of the Civil War. That's how long that church has been a church. And her family... They had been touched by the Azusa Street Revival. And Linda has told me uh, that there are people that are in their 90s and now hundreds who still drive cars, who have great cognition, who are clear-headed or making, you know, you know, staying fit and their heads are up and their, you know, their bodies are in good shape. That's the nature of God with eternal life. It gets on you and adds length of days and years of life. I mean, we're hitting 46 years and I'm telling you, we're sweethearts. <clears throat> and it's not to brag, and it's not to say somehow we have this sort of magic thing. We went through all kinds of trouble. And when I heard people I idealize, well, if you get in a fight, just don't fight, man. We just don't fight. Well, what it was was there was one guy that was real dominant, and the other would just shut down. That's not resolving conflict, is eventually the shutdown person becomes Mount Vesuvius. So you got to deal with it. you got to deal with it. can't, can't per, just cut, just, you know. So, but God taught us. God's teaching, you know, he's teaching this church how to go through floods. I've been asked to speak at a local public school about the flood of 93 in five classes with kids coming in in the rotation. 
and I'm going to talk to him about, uh, and I have, a, I have a message about what to do in crisis, and God's looking for this youth generation. You're not going to hear me disparage Gen Z, Gen X, or any of these other groups, because I was one once, and in fact, we're all in this together, and it's not us and them. The devil's trying to get us in an us and them thing and overemphasize our differences, and God is saying, oh yeah, you're, you're different, but it's so that you could work together with variety, and it's cool. God loves variety. Variety is the spice of life. So it's good. So just the idea of people being able to drive their own cars in their 90s and 100s and sit in there in church and shout amen and be contributors and pray things through, that blesses me. You young people ought to be happy to attach your wagon to that because this happens fast. So uh, someday somebody's going to look at you and say, man, did anybody ever tell you you look like Chuck Norris? Let's read this. Every good thing bestowed and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. There's a cure for something I like to call spiritual amnesia. And I'm going to close with this because I'm teaching you who we are in Christ and that we need Jesus and he meets our needs. Listen to this. It says in verse 21, putting aside all, well, let's read 19. It says, okay, let's read 18 through 25. Let's all stand up on our feet. We'll read 18 through 25, and you'll feel like you read a chapter, a paragraph of a chapter. All right? You guys, are you still with me? Can you stay plugged in while you're standing? Because I want to finish right here, but I want you to stay plugged in. If you're not plugged in, I'll know it, and I'll preach for another hour. Okay, ready? Listen to this. Uh, in the exercise of his will, he brought us forth. Let's read this out loud together. In the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits among his creatures. Woo. This you know, my beloved brethren, for everything must be, everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls and prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. Or if any of you is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, and for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. That's spiritual amnesia. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become an, a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in whatever he does. Women, men, kids, how many of you it appeals to you that the blessings would come upon you and overtake you? You'd live a blessed life. People see blessing on you. This is magnificent component of what you're called to be. You came here today to be energized, to have your tank filled, to have your mind renewed, to be enlightened, 
to turn from darkness to light and get impacted by the Word of God. And it's working. Say this with me. The Word is working mightily in me. I'm a changed person. Now, if you never have given your heart to Jesus, that, that this doesn't pertain to you until you surrender your life to Jesus. Once that's done, you're on your way to a vast and amazing and exhilarating experience. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from sin, saved from separation, saved from hell, saved from the domination of the devil, saved out of futility and into an effective life. There are so many key things God's called you to move in. There are so many key things I can't, I can't describe them to you. God forbid that I try to hyper-stimulate it and project stuff into you. That, that's God's business and the Holy Spirit to tr stir you and direct you in what he's called you to do and be. Your autonomy and your individuality is precious to God and to you, hopefully. And that th this is not a crowd, a crowd mob mentality. We're all individuals. We're rugged. We have rugged determination as believers. When Jesus gets on the inside of us, he makes us solid. He puts us on the footing of a solid rock so that David and Melissa would have little Josephine and there she is and they're training her up on the way she should go. Grandma Cindy over there with, with uh, Taylor and Megan and, and, and Lyric and Truly and, and uh, uh, hallelujah, other blessings coming. And uh, uh, solid, you know, last night Evangeline Kowalik, which means soul winner, Evangeline, evangelist, soul winner, was singing, uh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And then I hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm good. That's exactly what she did. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. Lift your hands. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Here we are, Lord. Use this in 2024. Speak to us. Rouse us. Help us. Protect us. Equip us. Guide us. Deliver us. Forgive us, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord, to put aside all the superfluities of naughtiness and a bad attitude and anger. Anger in the heart of man weighs it down. Anger it doesn't accomplish or achieve anything but trouble. So help us to be spirit-led. Change our country, Lord. God, rouse all of civilization to have another opportunity to know about Jesus, to know about his greatness, to know about his goodness, to know about his love, to understand redemption. And help us as a church to carry the light of the gospel in the highways and the byways, at work, at home, with our families, like Patsy said, in our extended families, by the grace of God, in the name of Jesus.